Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everyone. Talk Radio's The AFC West Show. We're coming to you live from the Southern California studios here in beautiful, hot, and uh, dry Southern California. Uh, dry might be a wrong way to put it, Daryl. It's just a little bit humid outside, but uh, welcome to this week's show. How are you doing tonight? Well, I wasn't sure if I was in San Diego or the South, the deep South, because, man, I'm feeling some humidity here and and a little sweat that we don't normally get uh, normally. So, uh, you know, it, it's good. Preseason is finished with week two. We have week three, which is kind of a big deal in preseason. And then week four, generally nothing happens and everybody sits out. So we are getting really close to the 2015-2016 season. And I'm excited. Uh, I don't know about our bumper music there. I wasn't quite sure if it was going to happen. So, uh, I, I might have jumped the gun a little bit, but that's just because I'm excited and ready to go. How about you? You know, it's the uh, preseason. All the kinks are getting worked out here in the new studio, but uh, but that bumper music after a little bit of dead air decided to finally, uh, finally load up properly. Anyway, we'd like you to call in tonight if you want. 646-668-887 is this year's telephone number. Once again, that's 646 8837 for those of you calling into the show. We've got a full slate tonight, a lot of things to talk about. Like you said, week three is about to come, probably the uh, the biggest week in preseason. Looking back at week two, though, we had some exciting uh, exciting games, perhaps, or, uh, or at least interesting games. We'll start off with two of the sleepers, uh, Kansas City. They uh, played Seattle. It was uh, in Kansas City. And uh, that game, you know, the starters really didn't do a lot. In the second quarter, the Seahawks uh, led at the end of the half 10-7. to The uh, Chiefs started out the second half of the drive to seal it 14-7 to to seven or 10, and all that the uh, Seahawks could muster was three more points. So that was a little bit of a sleeper game. Uh, you know, at the same time, we'll quickly talk about the uh, Denver and uh, – the uh, Denver Broncos and Houston Texans, pretty much a sleeper game as well, with Denver winning 14-10 to 10 on a uh, late touchdown. Anything you'd like to say about those two games there, Daryl? Well, I think we can break down some of the stuff going on with the teams in just a little bit, but the Kansas City, uh, the Kansas City game, yeah, decided, well, both of those two games decided by second stringers, and um, certainly... Alex Smith did have one hiccup there, but overall he was okay. I think, again, we'll, we'll talk about the offensive line in a little bit and some of the other challenges. Peyton Manning came out and looked a little, I don't know, I don't want to say befuddled, but he befuddled us because 
he did not uh, use the script that Denver had said they were going to use and had used in the first game, which is to run the ball, a lot of throwing. And he, in the end of the first quarter, had nothing to show for it. A couple drops cost him, but, you know, it just reminded me a lot of last season. So I think that's a big question mark for Denver. Uh, Kansas City, big question mark will be what happens on offense. Their defense is, is, even though they have some injuries you're going to share later, uh, their defense is looking pretty good. You know, uh, that it is. Uh, along with that, in the back half, we have the Chargers and the Cardinals. San Diego traveling to Arizona and seeing what a, a real stadium is like. Chargers were able to prevail based on their defense, 22-19. to 19. Uh, Not necessarily the uh, looking job for the starters, but, uh, you know, they, they were one bright spot on that, and we can talk some more about that later, would be Danny Woodhead. Well, Danny Woodhead and then the uh, long, fairly long field goal by um, the kicker challenging Nick Novak, and that um, is, I believe, Lambo, right? That is correct. We'll talk a little bit more about him as well in the uh, in our, our Chargers segment coming up. Finally, we did also have a uh, Oakland Raiders game, the only AFC West team that uh, did not win. They played Minnesota and. Uh, in that game, you know, it uh, it was an interesting game. But uh, after the uh, after the first half, Minnesota decided to uh, win the game. Twenty to twelve was the, the final score. Halftime of thirteen to nine, so it stayed close. Uh, with that, you know, a couple of interesting things. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good actually for for Minnesota on the Oakland side. Uh, there. Running back Michael Dyer had uh, 12 carries for 45 yards and, and looked okay as well. Yeah, well, I think you want to check out all those positions and see what's going on and, and really figure out what you have because you know the mantra of the NFL, it's the next man up, and inevitably throughout the season you're going to need to call on somebody that might not be your, your uh, starter or you might need to – find somebody that can fill a role for a specific uh, challenge, whether it's a third down play or, or any number of other situations. So that is good news. You know, that it is. And around the league, there have been a number of, of injuries that have happened uh, here. Most notably, Jordy Nelson of the Green Bay Packers went out with a, uh, with a torn ACL. Uh, today, uh, another player uh, went out uh, of note uh, in Gillette. He, he went out for the season. So there have been some, some injuries. And that leads us into our Raiders update. You know, uh, the Raiders coach, Jack Del Rio, he came in today uh, saying that uh, he didn't know, know how long he would play his, uh, his starters. Usually in the third uh, preseason game, the starters play well into the third quarter. And, uh, you know, Bruce Arians of the Arizona Cardinals playing said that uh, uh, he's concerned as well. So both coaches aren't really sure what they're going to do for this, but, uh, but he does feel at least that uh, ideally they would like to have the starters at least get in to start the second half. Well, and that is a big dilemma for a coach. More and more, it's starting to look uh, – preseason has always been about giving people a chance that are low on the depth chart, see what you have, and to kind of tune up your starters. But 
with the amount of money paid and the impact that occurs when a, a premier player is injured, it's becoming more and more an exercise of judgment. And I think you can look at the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich's uh, kind of, I don't want to call it ethic, but his idea uh, of picking times to rest the rest the players and not have them start. And, and there have been several instances of that, certainly in the first game with Denver and Seattle and, and other games. Uh, you've had some key people, Peyton Manning or uh, other big-name players, sit out and rest. And so I, I think you're going to see that more and more. Maybe two games is all you need in preseason for those veterans. Now it certainly does hurt the – the odds and the opportunity for those that are free agents are trying to make a team. And so I don't know where the balance is, but you're going to hear this around this time of, of the year, every single year, do we need to play all these games? And by the way, why am I paying a full price as a fan for a ticket to a game where the big players may or may not play? You know, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. I I do think it's uh, one of those uh, issues that even brings up the the big questions where where some uh, in the media and uh, and some players have have called about uh, at least cutting preseason down and and doing controlled scrimmages instead. But uh, owners, you know, they like that payday from from their games, and even the thought of uh, you know, do we rest the player during the actual season, or would it make sense rather instead of that? to actually have a off week about week eight where every team is, uh, is off that week and push the season back one week further into February. It's already going into February. What would it hurt uh, other than allowing the starters a chance to, to rest up a little bit more? And that would benefit the fan most as well, putting in all of your, uh, your best players and having them to be at their peak by taking a week off in mid-November or early November. Yeah, I'm just not sure that the NFL really, uh, the owners especially, want to be out of the spotlight for one week. You know, I, I, I could see them staggering it, uh, get two two bye weeks during the year or something. There's several scenarios. I, I don't want to go into a lot of detail about that, but I could also see them cutting the preseason games down to maybe three, and every other year you you just play two on the road. Uh, but you add maybe a 17th game or something like that, or I'm sorry, an 18th game. Um, I, I'm sorry, there are 16 games. I, I'm going to get this straight yet. A 17th game, so you have 18 weeks or something. I don't know what that looks like. I'm sure that there will be some plans floated out there. But let's talk a little bit about the Raiders and what, what's going on with their injuries and, and how are they looking in the first two weeks this year. Well, you know, uh, today was the Raiders' first practice that they've had. It's first time back on the, the field since Saturday night's loss at Minnesota. And in the words of Jack Del Rio, the team was just okay. He was really looking for some improvements throughout the week and not extremely uh, satisfied with the way they started the week. But uh, one note when it comes to injuries is Justin Tuck, the defensive end who uh, came over last year, he has not practiced uh, in the recent days, and it's an undisclosed injury. So we don't really know a lot about that. Uh, Jack Del Rio is saying that it's not uh, overly worrisome, not too serious. But, uh, you know, the, the Raiders have some issues there on their defense with Justin Tuck. And then along with that, uh, Seal Moore, and also uh, he's been injured, so linebacker position. 
And Malcolm Smith has uh, stepped up and actually uh, stolen that starting job. Right now, uh, according to sources, Del Rio is saying that uh, most likely uh, the job will be Malcolm Smith's when the uh, season starts. And uh, uh, Moore will be really trying to get some playing time. Yeah, and, and, and again, that's an, op- an opportunity that presented itself, and it's, it's too bad for, for Moore. But Malcolm Smith is going to grab it and take hold of it, and uh, what was it, the Wally Pip uh, syndrome or whatever? He's going to maybe take that over, and, and who knows how long the ride will be. But this is the time of year when you have opportunities as well as during the regular season. But it's always nice when it when you get an opportunity early in the year to practice with the first string and get accustomed to that rather than in the middle of the year. Certainly any player that it wants to start – and we'll take the opportunity when it arrives. I, I do see some good things, though, on that Oakland defense. Uh, there's there's some stuff going on with the, the linebackers. Uh, Khalil Mack has played well. He, he's done very well in the first couple of games. And uh, they have an inside linebacker, Ben, I believe it's Heaney, and he was their fifth-round draft pick out of Kansas. And he's just playing out of his mind right now. He has flat-out ball, and he, he he's had a, a – Respect, very respectable uh, grade in the first game and the second game. Even better, uh, fumble with a strip sack and, and some run stuff. He struggles a little bit in the pass coverage, but I'll tell you what, he, he seems to be a find right now, and he, he's doing really well, so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, as the preseason and, and the uh, regular season progress. Are there any new additions going on in, uh, in Raiderland? Well, you know, the Raiders did pick up a, a big safety. Uh, Taylor Mays has played about uh, four seasons in the NFL, most recently with the uh, Detroit Lions, where he was cut on the 21st of August. So they picked him up to shore up their secondary, you know, along with that one other person that uh, is really looking good and uh, has been getting a lot of reps and, and basically uh, looking like a star there at the Raiders camp is Michael Crabtree. You know, with him uh, and then and then Streeter, who is projected being one of the other starting wide receivers, along with Andre Holmes, who's been out three to four weeks with the uh, broken hand. Uh, Crabtree has been looking really great. The other two are, are solid, and it's a battle there between a couple of other uh, other wide receivers to make the team as to who will uh, who will finish in those spots. Finally, Latavius Murray has been looking solid with the first uh, string reps as the uh, as the running back followed by uh, Roy Hallou who looks like he'll be uh, coming in for third down uh, spells but uh, that's the latest from the Raiders camp I, I don't know if there's anything else that you have from up there uh, you know I, I'll, I'll keep it real short but one guy you know that I kind of like because of some of the struggles he went through I don't know him on any personal level and don't know a lot about him but Joe Hayden, the safety, I, I'm really kind of rooting for him to, to have a good year, and he hasn't started the preseason off that well. Uh, so, you know, he came back from that, um, was it a heart attack on the field or whatever? Um, and, and just, I mean, oh, go ahead. I believe it was, uh, was a heart issue. Yeah, and so I'd like to see him perform well. You always root for people that have challenges and stuff. Uh, we'll see what what happens there. Let's move on to the Chiefs. And the Chiefs were in that close game with Seattle. They're kind of banged up too, Darren, aren't they? 
You know, they really are. We talked about uh, Jeff Allen and uh, Eric Fisher both on the offensive line and their injuries last week. Well, you know, it hasn't helped much with the uh, inside linebacker position. Uh, Josh McGallow has some heel issues. And then uh, Justin Marsh, he also got a little banged up, uh, well, more than banged up. He had surgery with a torn meniscus this past week. And then uh, to compound that on the defense, you have uh, uh, D. Ford, who he's been uh, been kind of knocked up, along with James Michael Johnson, the two of them. You know, been, been having some issues. D. Ford is expected to split time with Tom Bahali in, uh, in, in their Friday night game, according to uh, – Andy Reid, but uh, but they're needing some continuity because these guys have been missing a lot of snaps and uh, and really need some time, according to uh, to Coach Reid, to get on the same page. Yeah, and it does take time for for any um, unit to get on the same page. And again, it's a good thing it's in preseason, so hopefully they can work that out. There are some real bright spots still, though, for that defense because Justin Houston is picking up where he left off and playing really well. Um, I believe I – mean, let me think here for a second. Uh, it was – was it Derek Johnson that was out last, last year? Uh, Eric Berry was out last year. Yeah, and Eric's back. That's another nice story. Um, and then uh, Dontari uh, Coe went out. He had uh, had an issue back uh, last year as well. Okay. Well, I, I do think that Justin Houston's going to be a you know solid like last year. He's picked up where he left off. That defense is still a, a, a good defense. It does have some places where it could improve, but certainly they do have the pass rushers. And that's going to be big. We'll talk about uh, the Chargers and the, the Broncos and, and that issue for those teams as well. Um, on the offensive side, we'll see how, how Alex Smith works. He has a new toy with Jeremy Macklin. And the running back tandem there, Niles Davis, it looks like they're throwing the ball a little bit more to him. That used to be uh, something they'd mostly do to Jamal Charles. Interestingly enough, in, in pro football focus, the Chiefs have the number four running back unit in the NFL, and that is uh, Niles Davis has a lot of potential, but he really tailed off in the second half of the se- last season. It's mostly because of Jamal Charles and just the threat that he poses uh, from different from different positions in, in that backfield, whether he's running or catching. Well, you know that uh, that is something with the the Chiefs are really looking for is is. Niles Davis to have a big, uh, a big year and a big role in backing up uh, Jamal Charles to keep him healthy throughout the year. You know, another uh, issue that's really looking good is uh, uh, has been the rookie, uh, uh, the rookie cornerback Marcus Peters. He has really shined in uh, in the uh, preseason. The Chiefs are very, very happy with his um, with with his progression. And, uh, you know, that was something that uh, we talked about last week, the Chiefs needing to pick up uh, some, some help there in their defensive backfield uh, to deal with all of these strong receiving teams that are in the AFC West. So good news for the Chiefs there. You know, a little uh, looking forward, week three has not uh, been, been a good week in the uh, preseason ever since, uh, since Andy Reid has, has taken over the Chiefs. So, uh, it'll be interesting to watch and see. I don't know if they're excited uh, necessarily about playing the uh, the Tennessee Titans, but it is at home, and 
you know, he's hoping to have some uh, some better uh, luck than he has in the past uh, years in week three of preseason. I do want to just jump in and say it is Derek Johnson, and he had that uh, torn Achilles, and and he is back and playing playing quite well. So those are some some things that bode well. That offensive line for the Chiefs, though, man, it has some problems, and that's something they've got to solve. I'll be interested to see what they do in the week three here. Let's move on to the Chargers. What do we got going on in San Diego? You know, you mentioned earlier about that uh, field goal by Lambeau, and uh, not Lambeau Field, but uh, Lambeau the kicker. And uh, he was brought in to kind of challenge Nick Novak. Nick Novak actually got his job uh when he came in, and uh, it was it wasn't Carney; it was another uh, kicker at the time that went out with the uh, with an injury. But um, last season, Kading. the uh, Kading—that's correct. Yeah, Nate Kading. The last season, uh, Nick Novak got his injury, and uh, ever since then, he's had issues with kicking uh, his kickoffs all the way to the end zone. And so they brought in Lambo, who has a big leg, to try and challenge him and uh, and see what happens. So that's the kicking battle right now. The big question is, you know, will they uh, trim some of the fat from the uh, the contract that uh, Nick Novak has, or or will Lambo uh, be here and and gone tomorrow? So, kind of watching that. Um, you mentioned the it sounds the listening, you know, listening, listening to the uh, listening to the people here in San Diego and and some of the the media. It sounds like they're kind of rooting for that the um, Lambo switch to be made because they feel comfortable and and they they would like to save that money. So the other thing is that Nick Novak doesn't have the ability to kick the ball out of the end zone on the kickoff, and that's something we'll talk about with Denver in just a minute if we have time. So it will be interesting. You you were going to say something before I interrupted. No, I was asking you. Uh, you'd mentioned about the uh, pass rush and the defense of. Uh, San Diego, what, uh, yeah, what's it looking let's, like? Let's talk wise? about that for a minute. So, you know, the pass rush is so important in this league, and last year San Diego had a measly 26 sacks, and that's, that, that is just abysmal. It won't get it done in this league. And so they're, they're very anxious to find a pass rush. And they did have uh, a Tauchu last year, but he was injured, and he's been playing very well in the preseason and so has Melvin Ingram, who also has been injured. Uh, I don't want to say off injured, but he's had stretches where he's been injured. So, you know, I think that they, they're hopeful. I'm not sure where Kendall Reyes fits in on this team, and, and certainly Donald Butler and Manti Teo are facing some challenges. One guy that keeps coming up is Denzel Perryman, and Denzel Perryman has been, I don't want to say outstanding, but for a rookie, He's played pretty well enough to perhaps challenge uh, Manti Teo. We'll see, we'll see what happens out of that. But uh, there are some things afoot. Now they do have Eric Weddle, contract year coming up, and, and he is uh, ranked number four by Pro Football Focus in coverage for safeties. So they, they come to the table with some good defensive parks. We'll see if Jason Verrett can stay healthy. How uh, They do have Brandon Flowers. I don't see that third cornerback, and so I think they'd like to get the pass rush and a third cornerback to really solidify this defense uh, a little more. 
You know, let's talk about the offense now. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, last week about uh, the offense, and I'd mentioned about what a big uh, group of studs they were. Uh, DJ Fluker has been struggling a little bit at guard. And, uh, you know, the Chargers have run the ball 17 times with the first unit offensive line out on the field the first two preseason games. Six of those runs have been for a loss or no gain, and they've only averaged 2.6 yards per game, game on the 17 uh, runs with a high of nine yards. So they're really struggling trying to get this uh, running game with Melvin Gordon and Danny Woodhead uh, head and Brandon Oliver going. Yeah, they are, and we'll see where that goes. I think the fans really want to see something about Melvin uh, Gordon this week. I'm not sure how heavy the coaches will ride him. Uh, I heard an interesting conversation with thinking about this myself. Wisconsin running backs, I'm not sure they have a great track record in the NFL. You think of Ron Dane, certainly not a superior back. Um, we're looking at Monte Ball right now, and, and he just – I don't want to steal your thunder, so he's been struggling. And um, Melvin Gordon is the latest in that. You know, he does have the ability to break tackles. He had one of the top three um, yards after, uh, what's the the term, Uh, after contact. So yak uh, for, for a running back in college. Now we'll see if that translates. But um, it'll be interesting to watch. Wisconsin rides their running backs very hard, and so we'll, we'll see what he has left in the tank for a full NFL season. And certainly fans remember the, um, the last running back here in, in San Diego and uh, how he just didn't pan out. And I, I don't know why I can't think of his name from Fresno State. Ryan uh, Matthews is, uh, is the thank, gentleman. Don't worry, that happened last week with Matthews. He's kind of a uh, – uh, easy to forget kind of guy, but let's move on to Denver really quickly. So right out of time, we'll take care of the uh, the games in the after uh, session. We'll just talk quickly about those in that. But you mentioned Monty Ball. That is correct. He's fallen all the way down to the number three, possibly the number fourth um, position there, with Ronnie Hillman moving up to the number two on the depth chart for the Denver Broncos. C.J. Anderson still has the uh, the number one spot, but. Uh, you know, you mentioned something very true about those uh, those Wisconsin running backs. There's a whole slew of them that I mentioned that, uh, that really have, have underperformed in the NFL. But the Broncos did do something to uh, improve their offensive line. They signed Evan Matthews of the Philadelphia Eagles last night. Uh, last year, he had a uh, plus 40 on the pro football focus uh, scoring. He was just a stud last season. He's a two-time pro bowler in his 10-year career. Uh, Evan Matthews is expected to be a starter, according to Gary Kubiak, and uh, and with that, I believe Max Garcia is going to uh, to get the bench. But uh, what does he do to the Denver line, Daryl? Well, he's a Pro Bowl talent. I mean, other than last year, the three previous years, he he was a, I believe not only a Pro Bowl, but rated the number one guard in the NFL. So. It takes away that uncertainty on that right side, or excuse me, the left side of the offensive line. And uh, instead of having three players next to each other that have not started any regular season NFL games, you now have somebody that is a pro bowler uh, consecutive years and uh, the best or one of the best at the position. So you pair that with Lou Vasquez on the right-hand side and now your guard position really has solidified. 
there is Tyler Sambrilo out on the left tackle. We'll see how that goes. And uh, don't know what's going to happen with Max Garcia. They like Matt Paradise. So we'll see whether Garcia shifts into center eventually or how that uh, kind of falls out. But I do think Denver's trying to get better, and that, that's a huge thing. I mean, it really does take away some question marks that were there for that team. Well, you know, to uh, go ahead and uh, and free up the room, the Broncos did uh, waive former kicker Connor Barth, who's already been picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, which means that what we talked about last week in that kicking battle, uh, McManus has won out the uh, McManus has won out the kicking position. Well, it's huge to be able to carry only two special team kickers, meaning a punter and a kicker, that does your field goals and kicking off. McManus can do that. I don't know what's happened, but he's kind of turned that switch on, and he's he's been very accurate, knock on wood, because we all know that he lost the job last year, and then in OTAs he missed several short kicks and just looked kind of unpredictable. But right now he's on top of his game, and like you said, he's won that job. I do want to talk a little bit about the defense. We'll find out what's going on with the offense in this third game because they're playing a really good 49ers defense. It still has performed well in the in the preseason, and, and that's, you know, we can only take the games we have to kind of uh, evaluate it. So I think it'll be a good challenge for them. But this Denver defense is, is looking incredible. As a matter of fact, in their rankings, they are uh, one of the top defenses right now in preseason. And I know it's preseason, but there are some very interesting people. Unfortunately, Kenny Ananuki had to have his knee scoped, and he was playing very well. Uh, but Shaquille Barrett, a practice squad player from last year, has really shown up and been one of the most outstanding um, players so far this year in the preseason. It's It's been very interesting. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Follow us at AFD West Show. We'll be back with the aftertime in a moment. <laughs> with the AFC West show after hours. You were uh, talking about Ananuki uh, as well as some of the other Denver uh, uh, defensive players that have been having some great uh, great games and then some uh, woes that have come about as well. You know, you did mention that uh, that they were uh, were going to be challenged a little bit with this uh the San Francisco defense or offense. Uh you know, I really I really think that uh it's going to be an interesting uh, question as to how long Denver actually plays their starters and and keeps them in the game. I know that uh, you want to have them for a while, but this uh, would be probably one of the uh, a great game to uh, give Von Miller some rest rest and let some of those uh, backups get get some extra reps. Yeah, I believe that uh, Von Miller has only played, I think it's twenty six uh, snaps in preseason. So he's had a lot of rest, as has DeMarcus Ware. But Vaughn looks like he's ready to go. And being a contract year, I think he's going to have an outstanding year, just phenomenal. Uh, And we already saw that in the Seattle game. 
Shane Ray has, has been able to play quite a bit, and, and he's no Von Miller, but he certainly looks good for that defense and has put in a very solid, uh, a very solid um, uh, playlist so far. And like I said, Shaquille Barrett standing out right now. He's got quite a few, quite a few plays and is really in some ways leading the uh, defense, not so much on the pass coverage, but certainly on his run defense and on his pass rush, just standing out. Should we talk we about, about this five? Week? Yeah, we, we only talk about, about this games here in the extra time. So let's quickly uh, run through them uh, briefly. What are you looking for in the Tennessee Titans at Kansas City Chiefs on Friday night? <laughs> well, if it was a regular season game, I probably wouldn't tune into it. But uh, I, I'm looking for the Kansas City Chiefs to figure out their offensive line and see if they can solidify that offensive line a little bit. Um, I haven't studied up on Tennessee at all, so I don't know what to expect from them, other than that Kansas City will be facing Marcus Mariota, and he's a rookie quarterback. He's had some ups and downs. So I think you want to see, you see that, that uh, Kansas City gets that offensive line in shape before the season starts, especially before week four. And you also want to see that, that they get a little bit of rhythm going with their offense. Their defense seems to be doing pretty well, so maybe they get back some of their players and, and they won't be playing them all. But, but I think it's really looking at that offensive side because I think the defense is probably in a, in a decent position right now or as good as it can be. You know, I'm going to be tuning in to watch Marcus Mariota. I'd like to see what he can do. And if he is going to be a, an NFL-quality uh, quarterback. But other than that, for the Chiefs, you know, I really want to see, uh, along with that, uh, along with that uh, running uh, game offensive line, I'd like to see how their uh, their secondary does. You know, they they should have a big game against a young quarterback. Can they create some turnovers? Can they uh, step up? So that's what I'll be watching for on that game. As we talk about uh, San Francisco at Denver Saturday. You know, you mentioned it early on that uh, a lot of us were stunned, a little shocked, Denver coming out in uh, three uh, three wide sets, five wide sets, uh, dropping back in the shotgun right away, hurry up offense. Looks like the same Denver offense as last year. Uh, raising the question, is Peyton Manning taking over this offense? Was it just something that uh, Denver is trying to have a vanilla show uh, to, to not to give away their hand come regular season? So, uh, you know, I'm really going to be watching to see if the Broncos are going to go ahead and uh, be at home, focus on running the ball, really try and uh, and uh, ground out those yards and just control the game. I, I will agree with that. I'd like to see them run. I want to see some, some really good running going on and, and get that offense in, in motion. I also do want to see how they perform against that uh, San Francisco defense. And then uh, defensively for Denver, I'd, I'd like to see them contain, uh, certainly contain uh, Colin Kaepernick. They, they did a great job against a very short sampling of Russell Wilson. And I know they're athletic enough, but can they be disciplined enough in this attack defense of Wade Phillips? So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Seattle and San Diego. Darren, Seattle has kind of become that bellwether. You kind of check yourself versus Seattle. I know in Denver they ask, uh, is it good enough to beat Seattle? Because Seattle has been to the Super Bowl twice in the last two years and is kind of that measuring stick. So what is San Diego looking for against Seattle? Well, you know, uh, interestingly enough, the line on this is even. 
San Diego once again gets Seattle at home here at home in San Diego, and uh, the over under is forty two points. So, uh, so you know Vegas has some ideas that there's going to be some scoring in this game. I'm going to be watching to see if the Chargers can establish a run game. Is it something where they uh, are able to to get to that big monster offensive line and uh, and run the ball? Is uh, Philip Rivers going to to be uh, able to just sit back and uh, pick defenses apart the way he likes to with his dink and dunks and then get a, a long-range pass every now and again. Yeah, I think I would normally I, – I first of all, agree with – I'd like to see Melvin Gor- or Gordon get some running in. Um, I would also say it would be interesting to see the pass rush that San Diego generates. I'm not so sure that that's a fair indicator because this offensive line of Seattle – it needs some time to gel, and it's a it's a young and new offensive line, and so I'm not sure that's a great indicator. But I'll still be looking for those two items. What about Arizona and Oakland? Well, you know, it's going to be something that uh, I'm really excited to uh, really excited to watch this uh, Oakland Raiders battle that's going on for the uh, backup wide receiver position. You know, um, uh, knowing that uh, injuries are part of the game and. Uh, as the Raiders have one of the older receiving cores in the NFL, um, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, kind of seeing what they do when it comes to uh, the backup receivers, who makes it. Uh, they've got Kendrell Tompkins, who, who's vying for one of those spots. They, um, they also then uh, have uh, a, young, a young guy out of San Diego, whose name is uh, uh, blanking me now, out of San Diego State, but uh, – he was a pretty good uh, receiver as well. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens with that. Along with that, you know, uh, they're playing a, a very solid defense. So uh, Will Carr, will he, he make the mistakes that he made his rookie year? Well, he had started to overcome them towards the end of the season. I think that uh, he's due for a big season this year, and it's going to mean a lot to this Oakland Raider team. How Carr's <clears throat> game goes will be how the uh, Oakland Raiders goes. Uh, Defensive-wise, you know, that linebacker uh, position is some area that uh, that they need to definitely work on. Yeah, you know, I'd like to I'd like to see Amari Cooper and see how he does. That that they're really putting a lot of hopes on him and so uh we'll we'll see what happens as it goes along, but it is a pretty good defense probably playing a little vanilla against uh the Raiders this next this this weekend on Sunday. But it will be interesting to see how they do and then I think that uh, can can their linebacking core sustain what it's been doing, and uh, can they can Jack Del Rio overcome his tendencies to play a very simplistic man-to-man defense? Uh, that is the question when the real season starts. But that's for another broadcast. So, Darren, I've enjoyed it. I think we're about out of time. Anything you want to say? You know, tune in to the AFC West show on iTunes. AFCWestShow.com as well. And follow us along on at AFCWestShow on Twitter. We look forward to talking with you throughout the week. and look forward to uh, getting together again throughout the season, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Until then, Daryl, we'll talk to you next week. All right, Darren.